Welcome to Speak with Eve. I am your host, Eve Eurydice, and uh, today's guest is Kevin Walton. Kevin is the founder of Creatorhood. Um, he's a transformation specialist and act- activational speaker. Um, he works with women, men, and children um, on abandonment, and I want to focus today's conversation on the crisis of manhood and masculinity which uh, is something we've all been made aware of. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, Kevin. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I heard that uh, you just got back from this convergence, uh, seven generations of uh, sacred sons, which um, is a group I'd like to know more about. Uh, I know that it's uh, one of the growing kind of like international um you know, movements of men getting together and and having, you know, contact <laughs> um, and <laughs> relation, right? And nowadays, you know, men often have to, you know, pay and take initiative, right, and travel just to access the kind of like embodied behavior that our ancestors, you know, lived in, or, or you know, day and night, <laughs> their entire lives, which is interesting, yeah. So I'd love to hear more about that, if we could start there. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and thank you for that, that acknowledgement of it. So the event that we had, the convergence, is kind of, it was the essential event that sparked the Sacred Sons movement. Uh, and it's an annual event we have. We did a few, or we do twice a year. This one in particular, though, was a really special one for us, as it was our seventh um, annual event of this magnitude and every year just kept growing bigger and bigger. So with this one, we had over 400 men um, together in the space for just four days of transformative work, of brotherhood, of community. Sacred Sons, what we kind of created as an organization is a space where men can really come bringing everything they got with them to be held in the space that wouldn't be um, judged, but would definitely be met and, and called forward and, and called in uh, in ways that are supportive for all the men to meet their edge in whatever way that may be, whether that be emotionally, mentally, physically, um, but really dedicated to the comprehensive being of a man. And uh, for this one, as seven, we brought in the generational um, aspect of, of our community and brotherhood. So uh, one of our dear brothers, Trevor, he initiated the Sacred Sons Youth uh, Program. So for this convergence, which was normally just reserved for um, adults and, and young men, uh, we brought in another facet where we had the youth uh, having their own convergence within the the bigger convergence. And we did a really beautiful opening ceremony where uh, the the young men, the boys that came in entering into this journey, uh, their fathers or a father figure, if their fathers were not there, um, kind of held space for this rite of passage of letting go of that dynamic to step into their own experience. And so we had that facet involved in this convergence. And then the young men coming back in from their journey um, over the past four days, taking this step towards being young men. And then reigniting in the closing ceremony with their fathers and with the the other men of the larger group. 
and then we also did one acknowledging the elders and the elders um, for all the ways that we've had to in our culture now in this generation, you know, assume the mantle of leadership of bringing rites of passage back, of establishing certain things for us, which is what the dedication that we have and hold in Sacred Sons. Um, we did a ceremony where the elders, whom either are have already been in leadership or are honoring our um, step toward it, did a ceremony of offering the, that recognition of responsibility we've now placed on our shoulders to kind of lead this uh, this wave and this movement and this energy of healthy. Um, male embodiment and a healthy dynamic of masculine and feminine within um, the male archetype. Mm-hmm. And that's been our dedication of this journey and what it's really represented for us in this way. And so Convergence is just a really massive uh, event held in that heart space. Mm-hmm. And it was just so, so powerful. So and that, powerful. Uh, and that, was, that took place in the Appalachian Mountains somewhere, right? Uh, yeah, in the Smoky mm-hmm. Mountains in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And, we in, and which was such a beautiful landscape as well to hold that in. And the and the young boys, what are the ages? From eleven uh, to nineteen. Okay, all right, that makes sense. So it's like mm-hmm. preteen onward. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, exactly. I think I think that it's you know it's an interesting moment we're living in because um, you know for the past like. I'm going to say 60, 70 years, right? So much has changed. And like mm-hmm. men find themselves without a clear definition of what like their position, their job in society is, you know? Um, and I yep. think that like with patriarchy, there was a separation between the sexes, right? So what we came to call the classic separation, there's nothing classic about it, it was enforced, but nevertheless, you know, it began symbolically, let's say, with the fall from nature, you know, the fall from Eden into civilization, which which was the patriarchy, which kind of like separated, right, men from women and um, enforced that for all kinds of reasons uh, that had to do with, you know, procreation, really, um, and I think now that is no longer needed. Paternity tests and uh, IVFs and serial marriages and you know gay marriage yeah. and all of the well, changes. Of- oh, and the draft, right? So there is no longer like it's no longer obligatory, you know, to go to the army, which was a rite of passage, you know. From like in my country, young men still have to go. They don't like it, but they have to go, and they have a year or two. Uh, in the company only of men doing physical mm-hmm. exercises uh, away f- it's the first time they're away from home away from their moms right they're all of them put together regardless of like socioeconomic backgrounds education and whatnot so uh, all of that kind of like ended in america abruptly i think um and that's how we find ourselves in this place where there is like trauma. You know, there's a massive like collective trauma in stuck like in the nervous system of of men, um, you know, and they feel like repressed in a sense and depleted because what is, you know, what is their formative role, you know? And then you have the whole conversation with like about toxic masculinity, you know, and you know, all of that like has pervaded into the culture without giving uh, men and mass, right, like all men, <laughs> a, a, a positive alternative understanding of what men's, men is needed for, what men's 
contribution. Yeah, I think there was a there's a huge lack of awareness in relation to embodiment as a species that we kind of underwent, and I think that when we lack a greater connection to source to to God in, in our awareness, and then we um, and then we play out a, a far greater dissociative relationship with ourselves, it starts to play out into everything. And, you know, I'm, one of the things I teach in, in the practice of creativity is there's not so much a uh, toxic anything, not not a toxic mm-hmm. yeah, pers- person or mm-hmm. toxic messenger or toxic entity, but there's uh, misalignments left unchecked that just get louder and louder until you have to address them. And uh, the misalignments left unchecked to me is is like, you know, the idea of being a patriarch or a matriarch holds a certain nodal point of responsibility and and referential tone that if misaligned is dictated by the misalignment and i think that's what happened a lot in in america as it developed as a nation was just it was built on misalignment and then and nothing checked the misalignment so it just kept spilling you know what i mean and and for all the ways that but it just wasn't also in america because that was all still a side effect of a lot of different cultures in the scheme of life and i think for for all the ways that we especially as men felt disconnected within our own beingness not knowing how to identify and process emotions not knowing how to feel and process ourselves in relation to a lot of different factors um the part of the masculine principle of energy is that side of us that is assertive and aggressive and action oriented and achievement oriented Mm -hmm. and if that if that is on non-stop without the connection of the you know intuitive side emotional side um, receptive sides gentle side that is the aspect of the feminine principle then you you get a lopsided civilization that perpetuates that distortion the reason for the current crisis let's call it is that our society we are a society in transition right so our collective like social programming in each one of us runs like 85% of our actions. And the rest is free choice, maybe. <laughs> maybe it's even more. But in any case, it's huge. Um, but we are moving away from what we, you know, we feminists anyway used to call patriarchy and into a future. And it's been now happening, right? So there are all kinds of different ways to describe this change, but pretty much a a lot of us agree that it's a time of transition. Um, So for sure, that creates and and a transition to something that's more harmonious, where it's like, because I, I, you know, if you trace history, there's been a lot of different cultures where there have been like a constant back and forth between um, matriarchy, patriarchy, matriarchy, patriarchy. And right now we've been living a really, you know, misaligned aspect of certain things patriarchically. And and what we're moving into in the future is a more harmonious way of being where we recognize there isn't a battle. You know what I mean? There isn't a battle between oh, us no, and the, the yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's That's, like the, yeah. yeah, the unification of us all. And, and we are definitely in that transition period. So like anything that's in contradiction to that or misaligned to that is, is, it stands out to us more and becomes more magnified because we are moving into that more harmonious, unified mm-hmm. way of, of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. The system that we've lived in um, oppresses men and women the same, right? So I think mm-hmm. that one of the misunderstandings or, or falsehoods about patriarchy yeah. is that it's the, you know, it's the patriarchs 
are in charge, right? Or like men <laughs> are in charge. <laughs> and I think that's very false. It has nothing to do with gender, first of all. There are plenty of uh, female-bodied, yeah. you know, uh, people who have been patriarchs. The, the patriarchy is a system that oppresses men and women alike. And in a sense, I think that it oppresses men even more because when women do become pregnant and give birth, they somewhat experience their connection with nature, right? They get a break from this like stranglehold of culture. Uh, whereas men at that time are, are, are like pushed even deeper <laughs> in the jail of patriarchy because the wages of manhood are like procreative debt, right? So patriarchy, you know, controls men by training them to think that they have to pay. They have to pay for their emotions, you know, like uh, pay for having a child, pay for having a, a faithful partner. So in a sense, um, it controls men harder, I think, you know, than women. And it damages men <laughs> even more um, because they, you know, they never get out. Right, so they ca they're they're not supposed to feel without money. They're not, you know, it, the the, tr the transactionality uh, in our like sexual and romantic relations, in our intimate relations, in our generational, you know, connection. I think is like the corrupt heart of this system, right? So, uh, and I and I feel that it's time for you know for men to understand um, that. It's the you know the idea that patriarchy implants in them that they are in debt, right? They are indebted, right? So it's like an existential insecurity, <laughs> um, where yeah, you know, I think it's uh... you're not worthy of love or or you know loyalty. Yeah, or unless you children of your something. own, unless you can pay for it. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, the idea of thinking that what defines you as a man is how much you can provide, and if you're not providing, you're not doing it. You know, you're not being a man is a is a huge distortion. Even though the idea of being a provider, like prov wanting to provide and accomplish, is an aspect of the masculine principle, thinking that that's all that defines you as a man has been a huge distortion right. for sure. And also, that, let's separate yeah, providing that, from protecting. You know, it's one thing to like. Uh, you know, make shelter or want to look after, you know, or protect. But but the providing part means that man has to leave, right, the family unit and go where he can make money, <laughs> right? So there is a big Yeah, well, that's, and that's one of, the, that's mm -hmm. one of the, the concepts too, the distortion of thinking what it meant to be man was to sacrifice, right? Like to sacrifice your family. And we actually, we watch cultures teach that, that, if you, mm -hmm. if you, to love, to love is to sacrifice when love isn't sacrifice at all. Love is a dedication. Love is the fullness of us. Wherever we're, wherever we're being loved, we're bringing the fullness of us. We don't ever lose in love. We don't ever, we, are, we aren't experiencing scarcity in love. And love isn't even something you have to fight for. It, it is something that you, you must live into and embody. And I think when it comes to the idea of being a man and, and restoring healthy, uh, dynamics about that. It's really understanding the nature of presence. Cause I think about that now when there's so much more research, you know, being done and results realizing just how invaluable and impactful a father's or man's presence is in the development of a child. So where before all men were like, well, I just, I just work and put, put food on the table and clothes on your back and all that stuff. But there's a, there is a, 
emotional component and a connective component to us being there that's vital in a child's development and and part of this disassociated conditioning that we place upon ourselves in relation to these narratives was huge in the distortion that led to either experiencing that there were not as many um, fathers in the household, especially within the black community, or that if the fathers were there in any culture, that they there was a certain emotional and mental component involved in their presence just as much as the notion of providing, that, that one isn't sacrificed for the other. And I think that that notion of thinking that they always got to pay or that basing everything on transaction is a huge distortion that we think we have to exchange one thing for the other and not realizing the overall um, setup and the way that we condition ourselves in relation. That was a huge distortion that perpetuated a lot of what we're now working through as a, as a species and as a society, for sure. Right, exactly. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, um, and it's so widespread, you know, that men yeah. are, very generally speaking, um, culturally selected in the sense of men who are wealthy or perceived as being wealthy, um, you know, mm -hmm. are more popular as whatever, parents, fathers, mates, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, in a sense, how can men then trust, you know, the authenticity of, of their partner's love, right? So, um, yeah. and I feel that that is what is pushing us even further from embodiment. Um, you know, the, the, the fact that men can buy allegiance and, you know, and, and buy like a family <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and buy what the, the, the appearance of, of obedience, right? Um, actually emasculates them because it keeps them, you know, enslaved to the system. Like they may not feel that they're enslaved to their partners, those who don't, but they definitely feel enslaved to the system yeah, of even that is having also jobs and having, you know, making money. Because if you don't make that money and if you don't show that you have that money, you're not going to get the, the, the partners. And then, yeah, m many men, once the partner, the woman has a child, also feel like the woman has to come first because, after all, it was her body. Um, you know, he, she did like she did the hard work of uh, pregnancy and labor and birth and breastfeeding, right? And so it puts men in in a place of uh, you know a feeling of like secondary place, uh, at least until the, the child is a little older. Um, so it creates a sense of you know like a happy it, wife, it happy life. You know, yeah, keep your wife happy so she doesn't you know, yeah complain. at the expense of your own well being. Right. <laughs> right. Which is like And who are you yeah. in the end? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that, that denial of the self really is the idea of the emasculation that's happened. But it, and what people don't realize is, is that we all like we all do this to ourselves, right? We all condition ourselves. We all from the awareness that we're in. And I think about that also with, with my son, like I was very much immensely involved in his life from the start. And it was and it was clear to me that that connection was felt. And uh, and I was very much in there from jump and. Um, and we have a really powerful relationship in that space. And so I think about even the notion of even though early on there is the breastfeeding for the mother and certain things, the man can actually have a very intrinsic role through that entire process. And I, and I did for, 
for my son. And that's the other thing is even re reorienting and recalibrating even that process, you know, like there's mm-hmm. a process that yeah. men can be so much more involved right mm-hmm. from the start. And, mm-hmm. and there's a misconception about it. And, and just as you express now, like this, this notion, because it, what, one of the things I always teach is, especially when it comes to relational dynamics is that you want to choose synergy over compromise, right? Every relationship thrives better. If you're always looking to see how you meet each other fully in oh, contribution yeah. to the whole you're a part of rather than, someone always has to win, someone always has to lose, there's got to be a compromise, because that always ends up leading to resentment and des- denial of self. And and that's one of the biggest things we struggle with in relationships and why even people get into relationships and denying themselves, you know, and that's and why we have like um, divorce rates so high and different aspects that are that are a tribute to these these containers and what you're expressing. Um, it is, it's, it's this really big wake up call um, for us as men and even for women and even for everyone in in whatever um, label they, they go by, the, the recognition of just how important it is to be in connection with the self, to be in connection to the things you're a part of, and it not come, your your contribution not come at the cost of yourself and well-being, mm-hmm. but come in an extension of, so that it becomes that we all, we all understand how to live in the sweet spot of the fullness of the self, the authenticness of the self, rather than selflessness or selfishness, so that, because both of those are misalignments, so we live in the actual, and what we're guiding, especially with men towards and creating these rites of passage, is so that they understand the importance of ensuring you're taking care of yourself, not sacrificing yourself, but you're also showing up in that leader role, in that guardian role, in that presence that's necessary to hold a container the way we're designed, um, which has just been kind of like there's been, you know, when I think about the journey of just in my own life and the history over decades, mm-hmm. it's like you see gl- you see glimpses of it, but not the full out comprehensive sustainable embodiment. And then you see as we evolve the greater spiritual connection that is bringing another aspect of it online that's designed to meet where some of the the ancient ways of being um, still support it, and that's where we find ourselves harmonizing in this new new. Um, stage of life that is bringing on the understanding of this greater spiritual awareness with the foundational practices, and and this is where we we look to land and develop that men mm-hmm. can then begin to mature more appropriately, and and women the same, and then we all start to meet each other far more harmoniously, and far more embodied, and um and then we and being able to even raise children that way, and and obviously it applies to every dynamic, whether it be same-sex relationships, transgender relationships, because in every respect, someone's always going to be more masculine-led and someone's going to be more feminine-led because there's a, a, it's a natural relatability, even mm-hmm. though we have both in us that we're living mm-hmm. in the harmony of. And, mm-hmm. and that is part of this, this evolution of us and yeah. that awareness of ensuring we don't deny ourselves is, is a really big key in that. Yeah, I, I do want to say that even though you are, you know, you sound optimistic and positive, I just do want to point out that at the same time, you know, culture is going further and further uh, away, is being removed from embodiment by promoting, you know, virtual reality, AI, you know, overconsumption, which keeps us away from ourselves, of each, from each other, yeah. and stuck in our little, you know, separate little pods, right, with all of our electronics. Yeah, but I don't, I don't see that uh, as a... V- video games, I mean, there's like... A, an, an overabundance of of um, marketing, which which incentivizes us to stay away from our bodies and kind of more, you know, 
trapped in our minds. So that happens at, yeah. at, at the, you know, at, well, that's, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but that's how, that's how marketing works. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. Marketing, only, marketing only works when you lack self-awareness. And, and because technology is right. advanced so fast, right. Right. that's our invitation and consciousness is that we evolved to match it in our self-awareness. And, and for me, it's not so much being positive or optimistic. I just, I just live empowered. And I know I, I'm witnessing in my own world mm-hmm. more people evolving in self-awareness. That is the antidote to the notion of the hyper capitalistic, you know, um, sell, sell, sell. You're not enough without this. You're not enough without this. Focus on this, focus on this, you know, where, whereas, where if we can, if you, myself and everyone who's on the same trajectory we were on, we all are a part of the wave of, of light that is Mm -hmm. living into greater self-awareness and consciousness. So it's, um, and to do that doesn't mean we don't acknowledge what's happening, right? Like to me, it's not so much a positive or negative viewpoint. It's the empowered viewpoint where you look at the whole picture and then you know what's possible. And for me, that's what I always speak to is, yes, these things are happening and it's important to acknowledge them. And then what do you do with that information? And so that's the trajectory is always moving towards what's possible, not what are we going to do? You know what I mean? It's like that yeah. like really, yeah. really kind of continue in that way because because it is – these are things that we're creating and there are things yeah. there and we have to ensure yeah. that consciousness is evolving at the pace technology is, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. for me, I it's think, huge. you know, I think men need to disconnect from, you know, the generational wealth imperative, <laughs> you know, for example, <laughs> you know, um, you know, a lot of these like stories, like, you know, why don't women bear the householder burden and let men off the financial hook, right? Um, and become the, the the householders, and then men's job can be what they will, what they will it, what they want. For example, you know, raising the their their kids, you know, participating in the family unit. Um, so I I really think that we cannot be equal as long as you know men are expected to be the ones paying. And I think that feminism kind of like failed to separate, you know, sex from money, you know, um, in in the most basic ways. And he, and that's why we've, you know, devolved in this time where we have like reenactments of, you know, patriarchal relations, which, you know, whether it's like the sugar baby culture or, you know, a lot of like the online dating and, you know, older men, much younger woman. I mean, you you can look around you, and it's just everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I and I think that that is a failing in our in our you know general understanding of what is best for women, right? Which I which I, which I understand as the job of feminism. Um, but but I think yeah. that well, if, you know, if it's aligned, mm-hmm. yeah, if it's aligned, because I noticed that you know just like anything. You can have the alignment or misalignment. Like femin- feminism aligned supports the harmony of humanity, you know, because it recognizes women's capabilities and and contribution as just as as powerfully as men's. And and but then the misaligned side of it is the constant divisiveness of like we don't need men, we don't need you, you know, and that. And then there's that mm-hmm. perpetuation. So mm-hmm. I think that, and I think the the when I think of the relational dynamic of humanity. You know, when I, I've, I've worked with a ton of individuals and like thousands of individuals and couples, and when I think of all the work that happens, you see kind of it's it's not so much necessarily maybe replacing the roles of what men are do or what women do. I think it's really understanding what people feel called to, because I know 
a lot of men that love playing their role and, and a lot of women that love playing a certain role in family and they love it. But I also know comprehensive men that do both. And like, and I'm being one of them where I have my business and the things I run, but I'm very much dedicated to my son's life and very much dedicated to that aspect. But I also love um, building things and creating things and moving ways forward. And I think for the relational dynamic of what, how we evolve, understanding the relational dynamics where men and women can dance in the, in the flow of masculine and feminine together and that, and that knowing how to be in harmony with both inside of us keeps us knowing how to dance between both within relational dynamics all the time. But there's still a, an interesting natural gravitation towards certain dynamics that if everyone is playing their part fully, um, all you're doing is experiencing love and power. Because what I teach in my practice when it comes to masculine and feminine, um, power is life force energy, which means that power is actually the relationship of both masculine and feminine, right? Because, you know, you hear a lot of concepts yeah, of, of it being like yeah, powerful men, but really the power is both, the love is both, mm -hmm. and, and, pre and presence is both. So when I think of the dynamic, I think where you do have men now who are far more involved in their children's lives um, that also still work, but you also have women that work and also still love doing certain things. And I think the the recognition of just how much we're all in this together and how much we can support one another is the has been the biggest missing component in every facet when i when i think about couples that are like well i'm always doing this well i'm always doing this and they all but they never just stopped to have a conversation about where they are and how they can mm -hmm. support each other and that little tweak creates a whole different dynamic and part of like men becoming more embodied is their ability to know how to tune into their own feminine aspects is knowing how to identify and process emotions and then is knowing mm -hmm. what to do with them which is also still true for, for women. Which is but very it's, hard. It's, you know, it's very hard. You know, hard. and that's, yeah. Well, I mean, hard or not, we still got to do it. It's just got to be done. It's very hard you know? for men because from a very, very young age, from boyhood, they're encouraged not to have emotions or suppress their emotions. And right. that their emotions right. that in, in, you know, women or girls uh, would be well, encouraged in them are discouraged as weakness, you know. Yeah. So it's very hard. Exactly. The same well, but I'll, that, I'll tell you, well, I'll tell yeah. you, it's easier than mm -hmm. you think, you know, Good. doing the work that we do. Yeah, exactly. Like doing the work that we do in, in Sacred Sons and, the, and what I've done in the Light Beings, it's, it's like once people actually recognize, especially men, when they realize they actually have a safe container to do it, it actually comes really fast because they've been wanting it we just didn't feel safe enough to do it. If you, if we establish, so every, like with sacred sons and with light beings, that's all it took. It took just literally establishing a container and it comes pouring through. But, but the, the hard part is men's willingness to speak out, right? Like, like when I think about some of the men who shown up in, in, you know, for sacred sons, we've been around for four years now. And when I think about now the way men are flooding in, and and what it just took a, a few times that they're like you know I kept seeing your guys stuff and I watched it once and I watched it again and then finally I was like you know what I just got to do this and so it's like that part getting over that initial hump of I got to do this is the biggest struggle for men mm -hmm. but once they're once they're in it it's it's like it's way easier than people realize and that's also one of the reasons why I'm I'm so hype about it all is because creating the container you see how just how quickly it can happen um even though i'm not disillusioned in understanding building a society along these lines that's right will yeah. take time yeah you know that's right. will take and time the, and the numbers For you sure. know like you have 400 men exactly. there, 
the numbers, you know, of the of the big. Yeah, exactly. Of there's however many billions on the planet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like four hundred. That's great, and there's still more. You know, there's so, so many more. It's like and, yeah, and so we just gotta unless, keep going. Yeah, exactly. Just, unless we keep, you know, uh, like basically dedicating every moment of our day to this to spreading this kind of changed yeah. consciousness, you know, to un- undoing the brainwashing that goes on all the time, right? On TV, in movies, in ads, in yeah. like everywhere you think and you look, you know, in algorithms, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, you know, in mainstream yeah. culture, yeah, like feminists say, you know, mainstream culture is all masculine, which it is. But it is not pro men, well, right? It is not. Yeah, it yeah. Is, it is masculinized in a way that simply, you know, asks that all that asks women as well as men, um, everyone basically, regardless of gender, yeah. which you know, gender now barely exists anymore. But it asks everyone to function as men would in the labor force, in the uh, in the marketplace. But beyond that. Um, you know, well, you know everything it, around us is, is like this fragile, you know, points out to this like fragile manhood uh, stuff, you know, which didn't exist 30, 40 years ago. You see what I mean? Yeah, well, I think mm-hmm. that's, yeah. But I know that, I know that what's interesting too about it is, is the same way there's certain aspects for men to develop or, or um, us to develop our own masculine aspects. I think about the same with, with women where, you know, as little girls, you're, it's like recognized, right? Where girls for their emotions, women for their emotions, but they're, but they're not always taught what to do with that energy, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, yeah, you're and right. so I think about that. So like emotional intelligence has been probably one of the biggest missing components of our upbringing for everybody. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and so where, where men have to know how to even start feeling to then know how to, to channel it properly, Women feeling freely were never taught how to how to how to um, guide it in a, in a certain way. So then you have both aspects missing a portion of themselves, and then mm-hmm. reflecting to each other mm-hmm. the missing piece, and then everyone judging each other for what the what they're what they're reflecting to each other. You're and right. Yeah. When I think about a when I think about a mainstream society, you know, it's what's interesting, especially in Western culture, um, women actually drive the market. You know, mm-hmm. with with which is an interesting thing. But I agree with you that. When there's a lot of either hyper masculine presentation in in mainstream or um, hyper masculine judgment, like right, yeah, the, the, which is what you're speaking to, I think, yeah, it's an interesting thing because you get as a man you get mixed signals, and I think mm-hmm. that's also part of part of the missing component of of women's self awareness where you feel this energy but don't always know how to describe it. So on one end, it's like we like to see men being men more. It's like but then he just be, you know, it's like show some softness. And it's like, well, men are like, I don't understand. Is it this or is it that? You know, and they're like exactly. in, in this exactly. space. Yeah, Whereas, exactly. Because, it's like the yeah, ecosystem. Yeah, what was missing was the comprehensive. Yeah, there yeah. is nothing. There is no and, comprehensive anything. Everything is so fragment, exactly. fragmented, you know. Exactly. Which and, is, and life is designed to be lived comprehensively. So exactly. that's, that's yes. where we got to be yes. able to take it. Yes, yeah. yes. 100%. And, and I think that, you know, we're, uh, that's partly because we are in transition. So we're like caught between past and and future. You know, I hear women all the time say, oh, you know, I really want a masculine man and I want men to act like a man. But then if the man acts that way, it's like, you know, why are you, you know, such a cliche? You know, why can't you understand (laughs) me? Why? (laughs) 
<laughs> and then you know of course the you know like oh a real man would like buy me would take me shopping what a real man would you know it, it's just all yeah. so distorted and i think that what it does yes. it like throws dust in people's eyes so they can't see the big picture because they're constantly being bombarded with these like disparate you know contradictory yeah. definitions of what you know 100%. what is a man um, and, yeah. and we don't know, like, what would you say is a man, uh, other than a person uh, who provides for others and takes care of others? Yeah, well, I, what is a man? Yeah, for sure. To me, to me, the, um, a man, um, cause I have very specific definitions for all this stuff, including what a woman is, but for a man is the, the art archetypical reference point for the harmony of masculine and feminine in a, in an embodied being that like leans towards the masculine um, contribution. And so what I mean by that is in, as being a man, if I'm living comprehensively first and foremost, that means I'm in touch with my masculine feminine relational dynamic in my being, which means I understand how to identify, feel, process, and utilize. So then if that's the case, then I show up in the world in that capacity of presence and self-awareness that I understand um, what I am responsible for. I understand how to ensure that my playfulness stays intact. And I'm very much involved in, in what supports a culture, civilization, species evolving, um, what I would say optimally, which really represents effectiveness, efficiency, and sustainability. And so when I think about a man's role in that, I could I could play with the trajectory of those concepts in every facet, from a family to a to a romantic relationship to father child to um, community role and leader, and uh, and so part of that movement based trajectory and structural dedication um, that is part of the pillar that 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 upholds being embodied as a man even though the the aspects that actually support that properly would be the inclusion of the feminine. And when I think of, for me, like key responsibilities that I hold in relation to that, um, that makes sense for me is, is that all the things that reflect me living a fuller, authentic life. And I like, for me, I love being able to provide for my family, friends and community. I love, but I don't base my life on it. Right. So I don't, define my, my worth as a man, whether I'm doing that. I just love doing that, right? I love spending time with my son. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love, you know, and so part of, for me, is recognizing choice. And obviously, that's what I teach in my practice is understanding the way that we condition ourselves to know how to become more self-aware, to live more conscious with the decisions we make, with the roles we play, with the commitments and responsibilities we hold. And to me, that's an aspect of, of being a man is the awareness of the necessary structure and foundation and the ability to move the narrative and energy of life forward. Um, and, and then being able to do that in harmony means I'm also intact emotionally, mentally, physically, and especially spiritually, which is the foundation of everything. Um, and those are some, and, and I think about the rites of passage for boys and manhood into that. And I think there's very specific things involved. Like um, I think it's important for boys to have, a form of physical confrontation that's structured and disciplined for them to constantly meet where they're at physically. And I think it helps mm -hmm. to do it with other community members. So either be other men or boys and especially with their father figure. 
um, at different stages so they can start to understand where their trajectory is and how they measure up in their own embodiment. Mm-hmm. I think another rite, rite of passage is important is um, a portion of time spent celibate so that men learn how to learn what sexual energy actually is and how to be in command of it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another one would be the um, uh, taking on personal responsibility so that they develop the ability to understand choice and consequence and uh, and be, and what happens if you're if you don't um, honor commitments and be in integrity with those. And then another one is um, being able to contribute to something beyond yourself. And I think if if we were to create a a reference point as a culture that ensured those four rites of passages were on, you'd you'd be see a a massive upsurge of healthy masculine embodiment in the development of men in, in our culture um, that we could continue to build upon in, in that role um, mm-hmm. of our mm-hmm. of our society mm-hmm. and nation. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I agree with you. I mean, to me, you know, it goes back to like Socrates, my ancestor, right? Know thyself. Mm-hmm. And how do you know thyself? Well, you need to this is what we're talking about, you know, developing consciousness. You need to take time 100%. off, whether it is from like, you know, sexual and, and romantic like conquest and, and, and influence or, you know, time off uh, career, you know, sol- solo career focus or time off everything <clears throat> but the understanding of what your values are, your boundaries are, <clears throat> your needs are, um, and then you know, kind of like let yourself, you know, uncivilize yourself a little bit, you know, like unlearn a few of the things that you've been taught uh, by, you know, by our ancestors who were very much trapped in patriarchy, right? So in order to have this conscious accountability, we have to like start by, you know, unlearning a little bit so you can, we can then go into a place of understanding ourselves, Truly. I mean, when, when Socrates, you know, um, like 400 BC or whatever it was, <laughs> you know, decided <laughs> to stay in, in, in prison where he was placed unjustly and take the poison to show to his, you know, fellow citizens that A, he was innocent and B, he upheld the law even when the law was unjust, right? And everyone mm. from the guards to his students to his family, and and even the the jurors who had condemned him to die um, expected him to run off and go to exile. When he stayed and and took the you know and made it took it made it made a point took a stand right. Um, he gave us a clear understanding of what civic responsibility is and of what you know belief in the collective, belief in the law, but also what it means to be a man in that in that space, right? So that's so far from where we are now, where you know everyone is chasing like the individual, you know, advantage, uh, you know, you know, individual success. Uh, you know, everything is like a part. I think of the fragmentation is this decollectivizations. You know, you know where we don't really know where we belong, uh, what groups we belong in. So it's always like me, me, me. You know, <laughs> um, and, and, and and you know, men have lost themselves in part in this extreme individuality, right? That our system encourages because it, it it forces us to you know consume more among other yeah because it came out of yeah and it came out of a disconnect and i think that's the 
that's the invitation. And, and again, what we what we're creating in Sacred Sons, what what I've created in Light Beings is exact dedication to that. The first principle in Community. my practice is is yeah, and the, the first principle of my practice is know thyself. And mm. and but I but I have it as I have it as know thy self, right? So mm-hmm. the, the entirety of you. Where it mm-hmm. says, and then the first, and the first core value is honesty, because that honesty with the self brings us into a more comprehensive way of looking at the whole picture and what we're a part of. And I, and I agree with you that the understanding of, because that's really what synergy represents, right? The idea of understanding each individual part being a part of something greater than itself, but every part is just as valuable as the whole, so that it doesn't become a work yourself to death for the whole, and it doesn't become fuck the whole. I'm only going to do me. You right. know, it becomes yes. the I recognize I'm a valuable component. I take care of myself to contribute all of my gifts to this all I'm a part of. And that and then the all of that of that holds the all of everyone's dedication. And that is where we are going. And that's what we're building in the light beings and sacred sons. And that's literally the dedication of my heart to this world. So we're even though we I'm I'm very much aware it will take time, we are very much on it. And and we're witnessing all the loud distortions and misalignments in the world, and what you're, what some of the ones you've spoken to, and uh, and these are the things we're going to continue to evolve as we as we take these steps forward. That it's a clear sign of the times that that the invitation is there, and uh, if we can continue to live from the truth of ourselves, we'll continue to pick up that mantle and and evolve this species accordingly. Return to. Um to the body, yeah. return to uh, physical contact, return to uh, contests, exactly. and 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 you know, and remember and understanding that this this forging of one's character is work, right? It's as much work as it is to like get a PhD. It's as as much work as it is, you know, prom- promoting your you know your career. Um, this idea that we have nowadays, you know, that like we're just uh, born, you know, ready-made, you know, like Athena out of Zeus's head, is just so false. <laughs> yeah, to, to become a proper man, you know, uh, and a proper woman, mm-hmm. likewise, you have to work at it, right? You have to think about it and take time and understand and go against your first impulse and, you know, go against like ingrained habits and kind of like you know rebirth a whole new you, uh, which is not easy. And I, I I agree. I think that uh, you know being able to do this in group in community in the ways that you provide um, makes it much easier, right? Than solitary practitioning. Yeah, because there and for men specifically, there's an important dynamic of both, like the individual solitude that's necessary but also the community so that men know that they're not alone and they don't go in that lone wolf individual mode and obviously it's true for everyone having space to yourself but also having community and that's exactly correct and and the recognition of nature is so vital like the 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 importance of really understanding that we are connected to everything in creation and to really know how to get back to the remembrance of that foundation especially being in nature is such a powerful reminder for men and um, and so keeping that aspect of our roots and of our species alive, uh, in my opinion, is such a, a vital component. Yes. You know? yes, yes, yes. Such a vital component. Yes, yeah. I agree. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, because no matter what, I mean, if there is a climate crisis or a nuclear crisis or whatever there is, you know, the people who will survive are the people who still have the skills to survive in nature, not in culture, right? So <laughs> the people who are extremely adept at surviving online <laughs> will not make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I think that you know, nature does have balance and and salvation, and you know, it is a place for men to gather again, and you know, rediscover what you know, what they're called, how, how they can be uh, authentic in a in a world that's so confused and lost and you know, chaotic and kind of. Mm, slightly suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it leads to really, you know, the contradiction of nature. Because c- connection is something that's standard in all of creation. And whenever we feel like we're, we're disconnected, it's because we're genuinely squeezing something off that's designed to flow a certain way. And I think about that all the time with emotions and the, and the way the energy is designed to flow. And the more that we keep creating these containers, and then the more we keep bringing it all together for the integration, um, the more advanced our, our species will become in the healthiest way possible. Yeah. So it's really, really vital. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, and we'll improve our birth rate, too, in the process. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, yeah. That's fun. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you for coming. Uh, this is great. I heartily recommend sacred songs and all the groups out there you know where men can meet men and find connection and find the you know the heart of who they are without all the distract distractions of modern culture so thank you for introducing us to your work and uh, everyone out there thank you for listening thank you for sharing and until next week keep speaking manhood and nature and uh, consciousness. Mm-hmm. If I could make love incessantly, I would be God.